When considering design or interior design, many of us will be aware of different styles, whether it's in our residential home or the spaces we move through. These styles might include like the Hampton style or European or Asian, with many of us bringing back um, ideas and artifacts from places like Bali or Singapore. But what does an Australian style of interior design actually look like? Or more to the point, what would a style of design that's influenced by the land and the deep culture here in Western Australia look like? Well, that's a difficult question to answer, isn't it? Because practically nobody is putting that forwards. That is, with the exception of this week's guest, Leah Bennett. Leah talks through the nuances and intricacies of interior design so that we can understand it in more clarity and more depth. And then she adds in this layer of, of culture and land upon it. So you can really begin to get a feel of how she's creating spaces that we can actually really connect to. Leah also talks about the challenges of get, getting this new approach to interior design forwards and how often some people want to get involved but are just a bit too worried about getting things wrong. Leah is a fantastic and articulate lady to talk to. She's got a real drive and passion, which I really think is going to take her many, many places. So she's really one person to look out for into the future. So enjoy, Leah. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Brit Edwards. Today I have the great pleasure of welcoming Leah Bennett onto the show. Leah, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about design yep. to today. Um, in particular, interior design, mm -hmm. um, because you are an interior designer. Um, but we're going to look at it with a bit of a twist, aren't we? Yes. Or more of a, more, less, than a less of a twist, more of a local focus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But um, let's orientate ourselves right at the start of this with what does an interior designer do? Yeah, the question that we all get asked over yeah. and over again. <laughs> Um, so there's many people that fit under the design umbrella. Yeah. Um, you've got architects, interior architects, interior designers, interior stylists, um, and there's a little bit of confusion on who does what. Hmm. So your interior designer will do everything from your spatial plans, your furniture layouts. Majority of the time they do a lot of the finished selections. So selecting your tiles, paint colors, um, along with doing the furniture layout, they'll specify particular furniture pieces, mm. tapware, that sort of thing. That's how, that's everything that I'm capable of doing. So it goes right from a planning process through to doing technical drawings for building applications through to 3D renders, yep. which is um, kind of creating the space through a digital program so that people can get an idea of how the space is actually going to look which is a huge selling point on clients because it allows them to see the space before any constructions begin. Yeah. And sometimes people have an idea of what they want in their head and then when they actually kind of see what it is going to look like, it's not what they were thinking or not what they were It doesn't, doesn't quite work. Yeah, and then I, I, that's also a good way to kind of explain to a client if they are wanting something that you can see is not really going to achieve the end goal that they want, that it's a yeah. way of showing them before construction's commenced and a lot of the time then they can see, okay, yeah. no, let's let's switch that up and do things differently. So yeah, um, it's a lot more than just fluffing cushions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end when you're doing the styling side of it, it is that 
fun element where you get to pick the decorative pieces and do your soft furnishings, your throw rugs and your cushions and that, mm. which is an important part of finishing off a space and tying it together. Your interior stylist will do that end section. Interior designers kind of do start to finish. Yep. Your architects look more at the construction side of it yep. and how it's going to be built. I guess, um, like you say, with the rendering, yeah. I was, I, the, the thing that sprung to mind there was that um, so, so the best analogy I can give you is um, me, me going in and asking for a haircut, right? Yeah. Sometimes I, the words I say don't necessarily translate into yeah. what the hairdresser yeah. and computes, that's, um, and then I end up with something, and I have done, where I sit there and go, <laughs> how, how did we get to this place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And that's um, one of the important steps that I've missed before was your mood boards and your inspiration boards and style guides. Yeah which is taking what a client said, putting together um, their needs and wants and a proposal for them and then putting a pitch together, yeah. which has, okay, so you've said that you wanna go industrial style, but this element that you really like is super classic and it's not going to work in that sort of style, um, which we have a client at the moment that we were working with in Applecross and we'd had a few, They'd gone through a few sort of designers and they had kept putting out there to the designer what they liked and the style that they thought they wanted to go in, but nobody had really sat down with them and explained, this is this style, this is this style. Yeah. And these, you can bring that. in certain elements of each together to work together, but some things just will clash and won't work together. And it's, yeah, a lot, if you're not a designer, you don't have the vocabulary to sometimes express, yourself. express what yeah. you're actually wanting yeah. yeah yeah I can imagine that being yeah which a is a big chunk of the job a benefit of then going through a designer because sometimes you can go to I don't know if you're going to a kitchen designer or a tile store and you're saying I want this yeah. and then you go somewhere else and you're like oh I like that I want this and then when it actually comes together it doesn't work yeah and it's having that ability to be able to see what it's going to look like as a complete finished mm. product yeah so, mm. so that gives an idea super orientates us in mm. terms of what an interior designer does. Yeah. So one of the things I, why I reached out to you was mm -hmm. because that your focus is slightly different to that yeah. of many interior designers here in WA. Mm -hmm. Do you want to explain that? So I think design should be a lot more than just aesthetically appealing. There are designers that focus more on practicality and function, which all designers should do mm -hmm. and it should all be aesthetic but um, I guess with the mentors that I've had I've had some really great mentors um, Card, um, Dwayne Rowland from Card and Construction he's kind of challenged me to think well what more can you do with it or what sort of benefits how can you benefit people out of the designs that you're creating so what my niche and where my focus has gone is bringing uh, Aboriginal culture into contemporary design mm. So when I say contemporary design, I'm talking about modern spaces, whether it's interior or exterior, because I think that a lot of people have the connotation that it's a really, really old culture, but it's not relevant mm. in, today's, in today's society, which yeah. my argument is that it's just as relevant today as yeah. ever. Um, and my way, my reasoning for doing that is that it's a way that I can 
get people to gain an emotional and tangible connection to Aboriginal culture because it wasn't meant to be read about in a book. It was meant to be no. shared and experienced. And my way of being able to do that is through design. And you have a background in this. Yes. So <laughs> I'm a descendant of the Wadjuri Noongar mob from Ravensthorpe region. So why it's so important to me is, I guess, because I have that heritage, but I didn't actually, we didn't know that we were Aboriginal yeah. growing up. I mean, with the greatest respect. Yeah, I don't look, <laughs> don't worry. Let's just tick that off. Actually, <laughs> there's actually a lot of Aboriginal people out there with pale skin and green eyes and, and, and yeah. ginger. I'm not naturally ginger. All right, okay. <laughs> um, light coloured hair. Yeah, light coloured hair. Um, but my was when my granddad was passing away that we kind of got our acknowledgement and recognition and even found out that we were Indigenous. And for me, it was just, it was really bizarre to think that my granddad had grown up knowing or not knowing that his mum, that this huge portion of who she is, she wasn't able to share and pass down to her kids. So I'm this also- is your great grandmother. Yeah, so I'm also a dancer. And to put that into perspective, to me, it would mm. be like if I had kids and I could never teach my kids dancing or even tell them mm. about what dancing is. That's kind of how I put it into perspective for me. And just that thought was, it was just crazy to think that that's how, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we found, it was pretty incredible how we got our recognition and acknowledgement was through all of these letters that we had found from um, after the second war, my Granddad's uncle had returned from, I think, must have been the first war, yeah, <laughs> World War yeah. One, um, and he was in the tenth light horse, and he was super respected in the war, but came back and he he was quite dark, and then there was letters about him not being allowed into the veterans club and bits and pieces because he was Aboriginal. Right. So that was kind of how we got our proof in the end, yeah, and our recognition, but. Um, Growing up and not knowing and not being able to have that cultural knowledge passed down through my family, I feel like I've missed out on so much. Yeah. And so that's why now I feel like I can, if I can bring it into design elements where everybody has the opportunity to mm. learn and connect. As well as yourself through the work that you do. Yeah, as well, I've learned so much through the connections that I've made. Um, it's actually funny, I met, um, had a meeting with Dwayne and he introduced me to one of his mates, Barry Maguire. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat down at the meeting and he goes, you're related to me, which most Aboriginal people will laugh at because you meet another Aboriginal person and there's some way that yeah. majority of the time you're connected or related. Um, but yeah, he's from the same, re his family's from the same region as me. So wow. it was pretty amazing. And he's offered me he's been super supportive and I've been really lucky that I've been able to make these connections in the um, business industry or in the business network that I can go back to for cultural support and yeah. knowledge. I was going to ask you more about that. I probably yeah. will come to that in a bit. Because I don't, um, as I said, I've always been very transparent about the fact that I've grown up not knowing hmm. a lot, but I've wanted to learn and I've reached out and I, I try to reach out to as many different people and elders that I can hmm to get the prop, to do things the proper way. Mm. How are you generally received? Um, I think a lot of, a lot of people can tell that I'm pretty genuine in what I do. And mm. because I don't 
say that I know everything, that I know that I have a lot to learn in that sense, that they're pretty receptive of what mm. I want to do. And they can definitely see that I've got the drive and um, passion behind me to make some real changes in the design industry, at least. That's my way of doing it. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought it'd be good to orientate ourselves again mm -hmm. so so we can actually i and the listener can understand sort of from the inside out mm -hmm. what it is exactly we're talking about here yeah so i thought what i thought would be interesting was if you could give me some points of reference like underlying coordinates as to bits of uh, not bits parts of elements of interior design that we that the everyday person would notice yeah and then if you could sort of explain this is what we would probably be used to if we were going towards a, an american european style yeah. but this is how i think about it yeah so then then i and the listener can actually begin See to the comparison yeah and yeah. tangibly start to experience it yeah um so i guess this direction of where I've headed and why I've got such a drive to create a authentic Australian and more specifically West Australian style. Mm. Started from a uni project that I was doing where we were exploring um, reducing the vacancies in the east end of the city of Perth. Uh, and my proposal was to do a inner city yoga studio. And I was looking at bringing in the Aboriginal culture, having some wallpapers put up and I was looking at indigenous style tiles and I could not find any products. Couldn't right. find any products and it was just like, huh, there's there's a whole missed market here. And um, I wanted to draw then on our history and our culture, but I could find tons of Moroccan and Nepalese yeah. style tiles that worked in with the yoga studio. But mm. you look at a lot of the patterns and there's a lot of similarities that would cross over in that sort of um, setting, but I couldn't find any that would work that were in Australian or indigenous. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of where I realized that there was this missed opportunity in the market. But um, then I started to look at it more broadly and a lot of people still with clients, you'll get asked for Hamptons style kitchens or classic kitchens or a European kitchen. Mm. The European kitchens are a lot more contemporary. For me, a lot of the time I see that they're the darker, moodier sort of tones right. where you don't have your handles, everything's quite flush, you're pushed to open cabinetry, that sort of style, yeah. sleek finishes. And then your American style kitchens or your European style kitchens, sorry, your American style kitchens are a lot more classic where you've got the Hampton style cabinetry, your antique sort of looking yeah. um, handles and pull knobs. But if you went into a kitchen place here and said, I want an Australian style kitchen. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it's very broad what that kind of covers. Yeah. And for me, I'm starting to see it develop. Yeah. For me, it's your kitchens that connect directly to your outside space because half the time of the year we're outside cooking as well. Um, and I think that it's done well when it's brought in with a lot of your Australian timbers. So you have your spotted gum and your jarrahs, which are coming back around and becoming more popular. Yep. 
but it's still as a base quite monotone. You've got your whites, your greys and your blacks. Yeah. Which is just... It's a bit dull. It's not (laughs) really, to me, an Australian style or an Australian feel. I wouldn't look at that and think, oh, that's... Apart from the timbers, I wouldn't look at it and think, oh, it's Australian. Yeah. For me, having your eucalyptus tones, having your burnt orange sort of colours coming into it is where we have the opportunity to bring some colour into our homes and also create a style which is uniquely Australian. Now, it's interesting because using the word Australian, one could go to um, the modern day culture of Australia, but you've gone to land. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, you're talking about eucalyptus tones and burnt orange tones. <laughs> that's Maybe that's the Aboriginal image. Well, yeah, connected, yeah. And, <laughs> automatically and, connected but, to, yeah. Yeah, but th- this is the point. Yeah. And this is, this, is, this is what I wanted to explore yeah. and understand in this conversation, yeah. Yeah, so I have seen, I guess also because in the design trends that I'm seeing come through, which are kind of pulling on the Australian landscapes, if you go to, have you been to the QT in Perth here? No. So I went, when I first came into the design industry, leaving uni, did a tour there with um, my business mentor, Kerry Allen, and a lot of the colour palettes there were drawn from West Australian, which is where I kind of first saw it happening as well, where I was like, mm. oh, this is, this is good, we need more <laughs> of this. But it was done in a very abstract, contemporary sort of way. Yeah. So a lot of the colour palettes in the rooftop bar there are drawn from the aerial mm. footage of Shark Bay, which is the contrast of the oranges and the blues, which is exactly what I was doing with that yoga studio, which was funny because yeah. I started to see it pop up a little bit more. Um, and then some of the hallways there have got, rather than having you know, typical boring photos of wildflowers on the wall, they've like grabbed one and blown it up and then done it where it wraps around the stairs. It's, mm. it's just putting a little spin on it how do you create or take something that's already been done or created and add a new spin onto it? Mm. Which Mm. is then what I'm trying to do with the Aboriginal culture rather than just taking something that's more the traditional side of it, but I'm focusing more on the contemporary contemporary art pieces. So how do you do that? I mean, I can see how you've linked to land to add this layer of culture, indigenous culture. What, what are some of the sort of elements in there we're looking at? So my argument with that and what I'm struggling, I have struggled with in terms of what I'm doing is quite niche and there's not a lot of people doing it. Yeah. Is the mindset of when it should be included. Yes. So I've had a few proposals that I've done to some larger commercial, uh, for some larger commercial products or projects and they kept saying to me, it sounds like an art project. That sounds like a phase two. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so when you say it sounds like an art project, it sounds like phase two. Just because what I was doing was facilitating an Aboriginal artist. I don't do the art myself. Yeah. Um, I don't have the knowledge to do that. Mm. So I'm facilitating a Aboriginal artist and putting it into a design element through wallpapers, through flooring, through, um, through the actual design. So when I'm just talking um cushions and pictures on the wall yeah so that's we're talking before that yeah so that's exactly my argument is that it shouldn't just be cushions and art on the wall because to me that's an afterthought which isn't that part of the problem 
<laughs> isn't that part of the problem? That it's kind of a metaphor in and of itself, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that when I was, I, um, was a little bit discouraged, that kind of drove me, those meetings, <laughs> a little bit more because I just realised that... fire that, in your belly when yeah, you get those? Yeah, oh, I can see it, in your eyes. <laughs> it was just, they had reached out. The reason that I approached this company to do this is because they had reached out to um, elders to get specific, site-specific stories mm. before the project went and then they handed it over to architects and I've seen some of the proposals and I was like, I can't see how these stories have been put into place at all. Mm. And then it's just going to be a phase two, which is saying that Aboriginal culture then needs to work around what is has is already there in terms of the building. But yes. in reality, what came from, first? Yeah, which is, and, the, <laughs> and the building has come from a mindset that is probably... Yeah, so yeah. my... Weird, Yeah. Western industrial educated, mm. rich and democratic. So my, what I'm trying to say is that mm. it should be driven from the culture yes. rather than the culture having to work around the building. Mm. So in that sense, it's bringing things into the design from the beginning. It's not art on the wall because everybody walks past art on the wall. Mm. And it's you need to have something that's actually going to make people stop and look and take in. And I guess this also has kind of come back from before my design degree, I did a acting degree, yeah, <laughs> with um, which was a double degree in contemporary performance and theatre studies. And essentially what that whole degree was, was taking a play, an existing play and flipping it and thinking how we could do it differently, but also how you could get a certain reaction from the audience or get them an emotional Mm. response, Mm. which when I first left that, I didn't leave that degree, I finished that degree, but then got out into the industry, realised it wasn't something that I wanted to do. I was a little bit disappointed in myself when I had built up all of this hex debt and then I felt like I was going to do nothing with it. (laughs) (laughs) But then I didn't realise how much of that was actually going to influence the way that I design because then I've brought all of that into my design and it's like, well, how can we actually get a response from the design? How can we get people to emotionally connect? Because that's the biggest thing for me is that people read about or learn about your Aboriginal history in high school and primary school and for me, that's where... I learnt about majority of it until I left and then went down this venture. But and I think where a lot of this disconnect happens with Indigenous culture is because people have this perception of what they learn in high school and then have no way to connect to it because mm. it's just so different to it's never put into, as I said, like me thinking about not being able to pass down the knowledge of dancing. Yes. Nobody thinks about it in perspective to how it would affect them or yes. put it into their life. Um, so a lot of people have the idea that Aboriginal art is dot paintings and it's not. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> more to it. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. There's, that's one thing, one style. Yeah. Um, and I remember what I learned at high school kind of gave the perception that it was, and I don't believe this, but it gave the perception that it was an uneducation, uneducated civilization. Mm. Mm. We never really learnt about the complexity yes. of the culture, which is what I'm trying to do with my design, is raise awareness that... The nuance, the subtlety, the yeah, complexity. That there's more... It's more than just dot paintings. All of the paintings have meaning. 
there's all of the Dreamtime stories, there's all of the knowledge of bush medicine, there's all of the years and years of that they worked out that certain mobs could only marry other mobs so that they had created like a elite sort of, um, that they had, had healthy bloodlines mm. because they, so that there was no crossing over. Yeah. It's, there's so much more to it and there's yeah. so much more that I know that I still have to learn. And as, as I have found out recently through people I've spoken to on the podcast mm. and things that I've done, uh, it was interesting when you're talking about, you know, contemporary mm. performance and stuff, is that I've learned that, you know, language and words is only just one part of it. Mm. You know, there's art, mm. song, dance, mm. stories, language. Yeah. And, and once I have started to engage with more of that it's given me more avenues yeah than i've ever had in my life to express myself yeah whether it's Bryn's little doodle pad yeah which nobody sees <laughs> <laughs> but i freely doodle in it and they make sense to me yeah or or, or singing in the car yeah <laughs> you know by myself yeah so so it's interesting when you know going back to where we were before you're, you're saying about oh that sounds like a phase two thing yeah that in and of itself, I can now begin to orientate as such a oh, pent up um, lack of understanding of how it's, to express. And I think that and it's such a lost opportunity. Yeah. Because then otherwise it's like, you know, just another stark square building yeah, with some, with some nice stuff in it. Mm. Right. As opposed to, whoa, what's this I've just stepped into? Yeah. So the biggest thing that i'm want to do as well is to have meaning behind the designs that actually raises awareness yeah. so for example one of the um one of the projects that i worked on for a school was just meant to be a mural but the way that we did the mural was having the rainbow serpent coming down over the stairs yeah. so that from the front it looks like it's moving over the land, which is reflecting the story yeah. of how the rainbow serpent shaped the land. Mm. So it's more than just art on the wall. It actually has the meaning behind it. Yeah. So there's, again, yeah. this subtlety, mm. and nuance and complexity all interwoven. Yeah. So you can access it at lots of different places. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Aside from your couple of disappointing projects where they didn't get it. <laughs> How has this generally been received? Surely it must there's, take a fair bit of education. I mean, we're having to have a conversation to orientate. Um, I've been, there's a lot of people that, I've had very positive feedback from mm. a lot of people and a lot of support. A lot of people have said, love what you're doing. But when it's actually come time to engaging with projects, I think people are still a little bit scared of doing it the wrong way and i think that that's also Ooh. yeah so when you say the wrong way what do you mean the wrong way as in i think that a lot of people have the good intentions of wanting to have more cultural inclusion but they're either not sure how to they're not sure how to approach the pro the project mm. so for more teachers i was talking to a few teachers and they want to bring in more knowledge through their school, but they don't know how, because there's certain things that you have to be Noongar to teach. Hmm. You, then there's certain things that then they're like, well, 
I don't really know or understand what I can and what I can't teach. Mm. And you don't want to get it wrong. And you don't want to get it wrong. Particularly yeah. in a modern day context of not offending people. Yeah. But then you can get lambasted for that. Yeah. And I think that there just needs to be, people need to kind of get over the fear of doing it wrong and just realize that if you, there's so many people that you can reach out to that can do it right. Hmm. Because even with me, um, that I am Aboriginal, I always, when I'm working with artists, I always go back and I ask them, is this okay with how your art's being used? Are you happy for that? Has it yep. changed how it's going to be perceived hmm. or anything like that before it goes through? So I think that if you are quite open and just willing to reach out to either, there's a lot of people that do consultancy, that have a consultancy sort of business that can provide knowledge and provide direction. If you go about it in the right way, even if you sometimes fumble <laughs> yeah. and do things where they are slightly not correct or you, you may, I mean, you, I think you, if you have the right intentions mm. a lot of the time as well. What, what but at the same time, you still need to ask for permission. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess it comes back to doing it from the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Now I could understand how, because going back to the question of how it's been received, um, mm. I can understand how th there's something there mm. which is pulling many of us once we, yeah. f from the outside, mm. um, that's pulling us because th th there is genuinely something bigger. Yeah. There, and, and then you want to know, you want to be able to mm. experience, you want to. Yeah. be involved there's um, um i was gonna say it's definitely more there's more desire for it now like it's the support is growing mm. and it's a great time it's a great time for it to happen because there is that growing support and with schools we're seeing a lot more de genuine dedication and that's the thing that i'm keep going back to is like a genuine dedication rather yeah. than token tick box yeah token tick box which for me is even to some extent, I did a project and I had the, some of the colours were ochres and your colours of your land and that sort of thing. And then they wanted to go back to your red, black and yellow. And I was just cringing. There's <laughs> a bit more to it than that. Yeah, because I'm like, it's, that's just, oh, that's, that's what we see as Aboriginal. It's not, it's then going, ignoring everything else. Yes. Whereas that's, all of your ochres and your burnt oranges and those sort of colours are more than your primary black, red and yellow. Mm. Whereas to me, that was just like, oh, we'll include the colours of the flag so that it's obviously Aboriginal, mm. which is where I think that that, oh, we need to make sure that it's obvious enough is where it's which is becomes such a, tokenistic. Which is such a Western thing. It's, Got to make it really yeah, obvious. Yeah, let's make it really obvious, which is where it then becomes one tokenistic and then everybody goes, oh, I can't relate to this. Yeah. That doesn't understand anything. Because they're pretty, we, yeah. they're pretty stark colours. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, they're pretty light. I mean, I would never do an interior that's red, black and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's where the shift is in. So I'm doing a f bit of product design as well mm. with uh, saying that I realised that there was this missed market. So one product can't really talk about 
what the product is. <laughs> Another product which is getting produced over in Sydney at the moment is mm. a modular sofa which I've created, mm. which is based on the Sevens Boomerang shape. So right. the reason that I did it around the Sevens Boomerang is because it's I didn't want it to be around the traditional boomerang shape because I wanted to make people aware that, oh, there's more than one boomerang. So what Those, shape is this? So it's um, it's kind of like that. <laughs> right. That sort of shape. Right. Yeah. But on the... Yeah. So a lot of people have the perception that the boomerang is the same across all of Australia mm. and that that's um, the only boomerang, but it's not. And then I've worked with a Indigenous artist as well so that she's created two... Um, art pieces which we've done in three different colour ranges. We've got six fabric options as well. One's quite contemporary, so it just has uh, the symbol of human or man. Yep. And then she's done another one which is more like your song lines and journeys. Mm. So that we've got the two different options there. One's a bit more traditional, one's a bit more contemporary. But um, lost my train of thought of where I was going with this. That's all right. <laughs> Um, what was I talking about before the so before I started talking about the sofa? Um, crikey, normally I'm really good. I'm sat in gross, <laughs> I'm following the sofa. Um, oh, um, that that needs to be obvious. So the reason that I didn't yeah, want it to ah, be right. obvious is I wanted it to be a pattern that somebody thinks, oh, that's really cool. And it's a bit more of that graphic design sort of feel. So it's like, oh, I yes. love that pattern, love that print. And then they come up to it and approach and realize, oh, it's an indigenous yeah. Pattern. Oh, where that's cool. I, yeah, I like it because of what it looks like. Yes. And I'm not buying it because it's Aboriginal. Yeah. I'm buying it because it's good. It's good, and, and I it like it. And me. I would put it in my home rather than oh, I need to, I need to go out to find that yeah. just to meet that criteria. Because then you're entering into the market like every other product, mm. without the. How should I put it? the modern day political correctness you need to buy this because yeah. you're in australia yeah don't you know yeah you know yeah which is what i wanted to yeah <laughs> steer clear of that yeah. it's more like and oh i love that sofa I love yeah the look i love of the it. sofa i love the design i love the print but then it's got this oh extra. and it's got this thing oh that's cool so the story behind <laughs> it unfolds yeah is more of a added bonus to actually liking the product because yeah. i think that there are Ooh, a few products really cool. out there as well where you do see your indigenous prints on it but to me it's quite mm. has that quite in your face which then a lot of people either feel like they can't purchase it if they're not aboriginal yeah or they just don't know how to relate to it because they're like well i don't understand the story so i should just yeah yeah steer clear of it and a lot of the time that is dop which is not nunga yeah so your noongar is a lot more of the lines, which mm. is where a lot of the interior spaces that I've um, created. So for one of the rooms in the Applecross residence that I was working on, yep. uh, we there was four bedrooms there and we wanted each room to have its own story. Mm. And so I kind of had this crazy idea, which I didn't really think was gonna fly, but... <laughs> um, I was working with my mentor, Kerry, and said, oh, what if we did each room sort of around a different point in time sort of thing, because the house was a heritage home and it had this rich history and the client was super supportive of restoring the house back to its yep. former glory and um, 
was really wanting to keep some of those heritage items through the home and in other areas that had kind of been stripped out a little bit. So this was a good opportunity for us to bring back some of that cultural side of it and the mm. historical side of it. So for one of the rooms, we I came up with the idea of basing it around the Indigenous history of the site. Right. Which being um, an apple cross was like a popular hunting area. Um, and I came across a Wajuk Noongar artist, which is Yondi Shane Hansen. And I had seen one of his pieces, which his work is incredible, um, but it is it has that traditional feel, but it's so applicable in a contemporary space. He uses a lot of black and white tones. Right. Um, so instead of putting it on the wall as a piece of art, we engaged to use it as a wallpaper instead. Oh, wow. And then the rest of the room revolved around that wallpaper. Cool. Yeah, so the colour palettes then, as much as that was black and white, which I know I said we needed to move away from the black and white, um, we then drew on a lot more of the ochre tones through the bedding, the uh, bed head, the rug and everything. So um, I, earlier on, you talked about um, support mm -hmm. from the the wider environment, the wider culture, yep. um, community was yep. the word I was looking for. Um, how, how has that come through? How have I found the support that yeah. I've had? Yeah, and, and how do they provide the support into this? I mean, let, um, I think one thing that springs to mind mm -hmm. is that interior design is a quite modern yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, whereas what we're talking about here is a culture that's, you know, 68,000 years yeah. old. Yeah. So we're talking about something that's just turned up in the last, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really quite small <laughs> if you look yeah. at it. So how does that translate um, into help for what you're doing? I think... Given the timing of everything, as in that there is a lot more desire for cultural inclusion, a mm. lot of Aboriginal artists that have worked in tr uh, traditional art forms and more contemporary pieces are seeing that this is an opportunity mm. to get their art out there and to put it onto uh, different yeah. mediums rather than just art. Because there's also, there's a, there's a lot of amazing Aboriginal artists out there and I think that the ones that are willing to give themselves a point of difference are willing to do so because it will help them yes the business side of it yeah 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 so yeah Com the commercial um, drive and then it. I guess a lot of the other I've done a lot of networking I've been so at the start of the year was when I first went out on my own before that I was working part-time with card and construction Mm. which is an Aboriginal construction company. So I made a lot of good connections through them and was able to get in front of a lot of the right people doing mm. um, proposals and stuff like that so that people were kind of becoming aware of what I'm doing. I'm also planning on doing a business launch in a few months so that yeah. I can actually put my face out there and say this is what I'm doing because I know that I have received a lot of support but I know that there's a lot of people that have probably come across me a little bit too late in their project. Yes. Where it's like, oh, I wish I knew that that's what you did. 
Yep. So just need to get in front of them sooner. <laughs> Indeed. What would be the ideal project for you? Uh, right I would now? love to do, which this is really funny because when I was at uni, I was like, oh, I'd, that would be boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now I'm in the industry. How you've grown up. <laughs> yeah, now I'm in the industry and I would love to do a hotel. Yes. For me at uni, I was like, oh, that's just a room after room, boring, same, same thing. But mm. there's, I think doing a high-end luxury hotel yes. with indigenous culture would be amazing because there's, off the top of my head, there's not really a hotel that is embedded Mm. with culture in design where it's not just art on the walls yep. and for tourists coming from overseas I, going to say, yeah. I still see at some hotels where there's kind of Asian design elements through our hotels here mm. you want to come here and experience our culture mm. when I go overseas I want to go overseas and experience that culture yeah I know some people like to go to Bali and feel like they're in Australia still and sit by the pool drinking cocktails, which is not really Bali, but... It's a different type of Australian yeah. culture. <laughs> Majority of people want to go overseas and experience the culture of that place that they're in. And I think yeah. that sadly, there's a lot of appreciation for Indigenous culture overseas, but not here. As in, I say that as in sadly, because it's appreciated more mm. over there than it is here. But wouldn't it be fantastic if... Um, the in, you know the indigenous culture through things like mm. you're doing yeah like, as you said you know you could go to an asian themed yeah um hotel here in perth yeah if it was vice versa mm. and um yeah we started exporting more than just you know sport neighbors mm. cheap wine and beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well it's i'm probably guilty of this as well but a lot of there is a lot of tourist companies as well that offer your indigenous experiences. And they're probably a lot of overseas, Asian, European people do those experiences more so than mm. someone from Perth going to Shark Bay or going to Broome or whatever. Yeah. I need to find the time to do that. I've been meaning to. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's a bit hard to travel at the moment. True, true. <laughs> but then it does touch back on. Yeah some of the things that we were talking about earlier on, which mm. is even if you wanted to, how do you access that? Yeah. And how do you not get it wrong? Yeah. You know, and that that can leave you in a real like, oh. mm. yeah, I've experienced that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, hmm. Um, just sort of coming out of well, it's as a consequence of your work, but um, out of the work as a direct focus, how has the process of it, um, creating your design company and doing the works that you've done, how has that furthered your knowledge of your ancestry and your background, yep. which obviously you didn't know about yeah. until later in life? Um, and what have you taken from that as you, for you as a person? I, Good question. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Um, hmm. <laughs> it's been 
probably up until recently, I didn't realise how passionate and how much drive I had about this. Mm. Um, up until, because I think until you experience some of the setbacks, as I said, like with those meetings and just the mindset, I didn't really gauge at how far we still have to go. And I mean, I haven't experienced racism myself because I'm white. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, I've being in the industry, be, just become aware of that there is a big difference between somebody who has that genuine desire to do better and do different and other people that meeting a criteria because they have to yeah, or aren't meeting the criteria at all. Yeah. So that's kind of been the biggest eye opener, I guess, for me, um, for me being in the industry um, as a, and the process of developing my business, it's been a big challenge because there hasn't really been anybody who is doing what I'm doing yeah. for me to kind of look at them for inspiration or direction. I've been finding my own way mm. along the way, which a lot of, I guess, has been good in the sense of where I've found my inspiration has come from cultural knowledge more so than looking at Pinterest <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or looking at what other designers are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's been a challenge setting up my business, kind of going through it blindly. And, but I've been surrounded by some amazing mentors, which have kind of helped me. I've, as I said, I've got Kerry Allen, who's my business mentor, and Dwayne, who's kind of helped me with how to look at things differently. And then also mm. lucky that I've got Barry in my corner, who helps me with a lot of the cultural side of it. Um, and the artists that I've worked with have been super supportive as well. So I mentioned Shane before. Um, the artist that I worked with for the sofa was Buffy Purana. Um, so she's actually from Albany. Her family's from Albany way mm. as well. So. Um, yeah, so I've been lucky that I've been surrounded by people who've kind of believed in the direction that I've been going, but it's been difficult working out where I need to pitch my market to. And in the beginning, I was kind of going more towards commercial because I thought that the commercial projects would have the opportunity to do a lot more bigger scale, but so many commercial projects are so driven by budget and time that it doesn't really allow for it doesn't really allow for the timing of okay well how can we gain some stories from this specific site mm. and then we need to do a bit more research into how we can bring that into design and create that from the beginning mm. and it kind of cuts itself short a little bit there in terms of the timing with the strict um yeah timelines that they have to meet and the deadlines but and i thought oh this is probably not going to be as popular in a residential environment but then as I was saying with that wallpaper project that I worked on I was a little bit as hesitant with that I didn't really think that it would be so well received but mm. I've had so much positive feedback for that and I think that when it's put into a residential setting as well because it's somebody's home that they it's more than just a they're not doing it for the criteria yeah <laughs> to they actually do it yeah that. they're actually doing it because they genuinely want something that's meaningful yeah and I guess drawing on a few data points throughout this discussion with yep. your background 
in art yeah. and wanting to bring culture in. Mm -hmm. And and you know, one of the things that shines through is that you're that you're trying to create a response, an emotional response, yeah. so therefore there can be a connection. Yeah. So therefore it, I guess just on a on a logical basis it's not surprising that somebody in their own home mm. and, and it's an actual person that's yeah buying your work yeah will connect with it yeah. because an organization is a mimetic entity it's yeah. it's it's not a person yeah it's it's you know this is <laughs> this is the one thing that that um surprises me how surprised people get mm. when companies and and, and 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 companies and institutions don't act like people because they're not people <laughs> mm. <laughs> they're mimetic yeah. you know they're a mean they're made up they don't really exist they only agree they only exist because we agree that they should exist yeah a company and so therefore there is no real heart and soul in it mm. You know, it's there for financial gains. Yeah. Which is why you'll have time and budgets and things like that. So you have mm. to probably find a couple of, unless you find, and I'm just working through this, unless you find the actual owner of the company, mm. and then you actually deal with the person yeah. rather than the entity itself, it's always going to be a bit of a trouble, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I've had this just as a you know, completely different, but I had this in the early part of my career with a background in business psychology. I'm trying to yeah. relate with people, mm. but then you relate with the organization about the people, but the organization isn't a person. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> um, as designers, where a lot of people, their point of difference or through their ethos will say that they're people-driven yeah. designers, that they're designers driven around what the person wants. But there's a big difference as well between the client and the end user a lot of the time yeah. in commercial settings. 100%. Yeah. Which is where I guess what I'm doing is probably a lot more suitable in a residential setting. Yeah. Well, the end user. Apart from that hotel. The end, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's different because yeah. now you're doing it with people. But mm. yeah, within an organization, that end user comes yeah. under the auspices of human resources yeah. and, and listen to that now. That's mm. lovely, isn't it? Mm. Human resources. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, given your um, depth of nuanced um, field and knowledge of, you know, design and spaces and how they're put together, how is it for Leah as you walk through Perth generally, going to different places and 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 seeing the different design that you interact with on a on a day to day basis? How how does how is that for you? Well, because you're obviously attuned to something that, up until this conversation, I wasn't. Everything, everything in your life, yeah, has been designed yes. by somebody, and a lot of people, I think, with the exception of nature. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, because it's just you never. Well, there's a little saying: you don't always notice good design, but you always notice bad design. Yes. <laughs> yes, very true. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes, which I think Perth has a lot of potential. There's a reason that after sta um, after graduating, I stayed in Perth. A lot of interior designers go over to Sydney and Melbourne. Yep. But I think part of that was growing up as a dancer. It was like, if you're ever going to do anything with your career, you have to leave Perth. And the only reason that that's true is because 
everybody that then goes into the industry leaves Perth. Right. <laughs> like somebody needs to stay here and make Perth the centre of design or the centre of dance or whatever it is because... You're the second person to have said that. The last one was really? a previous guest yeah. just recently yeah. who's a comedian. Yeah. And she said the same thing as soon as she got half good. Mm. Everyone's saying, when are you going to Melbourne and Sydney? And she's like, yeah. no, I'm staying here. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, because I don't know, I think Perth is underrated in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I love the bar scene in Perth. Yes. <laughs> From when I was 18, 19, I'd, every time there was a new bar popping up, my friend and I would be like, oh, let's go check it let's out. Check and it out. there's so many different styles of bars in the city. Um, there's, every, there's so many that have their unique little feel where you walk in, you feel like you're going into a completely different space, like mm. an Alice in Wonderland themed one, one that's uh, Babesh, which is like a 1920s themed one, which is mm. another one of my favorites. Um, but the, there is the potential here. I mean, Perth has been, I don't know how long back this was, but I remember reading in an article that it was in the top, okay, don't quote me on this because this is a while back. Yeah. <laughs> but in the top 15, cities to visit for food and beverage in terms mm. of the restaurants and bars scene mm. in Perth, which when I first went into design, I wanted to do bars. I wanted to do restaurants. I still would love to do bars yeah. and restaurants um, with a decent budget and timeline. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, I think that there's a huge opportunity here in Perth to really make mm. some big design changes and we or some impactful designs i mm. should say there's yeah there's a lot of potential and opportunity here it's just having i guess the funds to support it but yeah and the drive yeah and the commitment collective commitment to do yeah. that i mean i've seen a couple of the older older pictures and this used to be art deco central yeah i was just going to say um one of the things that happened with covid a few projects that I was working on which it's very frustrating because even projects here in Perth mm. then get outsourced to places in Melbourne and Sydney or companies in Melbourne and Sydney but because of COVID they weren't able to come and do site visits and site measures and that sort of thing mm. so they were then engaging with Perth designers just to do that phase of the project with them yeah. but I think that when that all happened it kind of made a lot of the um, a lot of your clientele think ah. Oh, there's this whole industry here in Perth yes. that's capable of doing what I'm outsourcing to Melbourne and Sydney. And I I think that we just need to stop sending work over there and invest in the design mm. industry here, which mm. if COVID has taught us anything, it's you need to invest in your own backyard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. Um, yeah. Investing in something other than mm. monetizing molecules. Yeah which we seem to be very good at doing, yeah. digging stuff up and sending it overseas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the things that kind of struck with me as well early in my career was went to a design um, product launch and it was with a German designer and they were asking him questions like this and he was sitting and looking at the table and there was an arrangement of native flowers and he was just looking at this flower and then halfway through, he's like, this is amazing. And I think it was a protea or whatever there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
He's like, I would, I've never seen a flower like this. How is this a flower? And he was just amazed by this flower and thinking about all of these design things that he could do mm. from this flower that is nowhere in Germany. But um, we see it so often that we probably don't realize what we've got in our own, in here in WA. Yeah, mm. yeah. That has been one of the benefits of COVID, staying yeah. put. Yeah, yeah. Not having people coming in and people going out. Mm. Hmm. The last question I ask all my guests, mm -hmm. which is a hypothetical one, but I always enjoy listening to yeah. different people's answers, is if I could just chill everyone out, like everyone on the planet for mm -hmm. 10 minutes, and then um, Leah could pop a question into the collective consciousness, so everybody just sat down quietly and thought about it, oh. what would that be? <laughs> quite a broad question, but just how can we do things differently? Mm. Because then I think if everyone kind of asked that question, no matter what industry they were in, how can we do things differently for better? Not just for the sake of it. Not for the sake of it, for better. Yeah. Because I think if everyone stopped and asked, asked themselves that, mm. <laughs> things could be a lot different. Mm. Mm. And I could see how that would come up for you mm. because you really are dealing with um, some of the deeper frames of reference that people yeah. hold and seldom go down to investigate and check in with to see mm. if they're serving them. Yeah, yeah. And it is kind of breaking down that existing process mm. to push in the way that I want to do things. Yeah. <laughs> The way me, that I feel things should be done. Strike. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Leah. Yeah. Um, strikes me that the, the designing is the easy part of your job. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that that just comes with running a business. <laughs> we, yeah. Everyone's runs like if, as soon as they go into, oh, I'm going to make my own business because I'm really good at this and I'm really passionate about it, and then you realise that that's twenty percent of your <laughs> job, and yeah. then you become the accountant, you become the business developer, uh, mm. all of this extra stuff that you need to do all the time. It's, it's been a huge, huge um, learning curve and a lot of personal growth has come out of running your own business as well because as much as you're constantly reflecting on, okay, what's working, not working in the business, it's okay, mm. well, what's working and not working for me? Yes. Or with how I work? Yes. Yeah. What's stressing you out? Yeah. What's making you anxious? Yeah. But What's lighting your fire? Definitely the design side of it is the more easy. <laughs> it's all of the things to get to the big, big goals. That's mm. the hard side of it. Which are? Which is, well, just ch changing the mindset of how Aboriginal culture is included in contemporary design. Mm. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Mm, thank you. I've really enjoyed this as well. It's been good. I didn't realize that I could talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I suspected it was in there. <laughs> um, if people want to reach out and, and connect with you, how do mm -hmm. they do that? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, which yep. is my name, Leah Bennett. It's 
L-E-A-H, B-E-N-N-E-T, yep. one T, because there's yep. uh, uncommon spelling. I'm also on Instagram, which is Leah Page Designs. Yeah. And Leah on, Page being your middle name? Yes, Page being my middle name. <laughs> and then Facebook is the same, Leah Page Designs, and I've got my website as well, which is www.leahpagedesigns.com. Awesome. I um, look forward to doing another conversation with you in years to come. Yeah, that will be that will be good. Yeah, let's set a date. Yeah, twenty four months from now, I want to hear. <laughs> I, I want I want to see more and hear more. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to say, see that big project over there. Yeah, yeah. that was me. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for yes. your time. Thanks. It's nice to meet you. <laughs>